Back to the podcast. Back to the podcast. Wow. You messed it up. Bad time. I think I kind of like it like that. There's a strange echo. It was an echo. I'm Elaine. John. Harley. (laughs) I'm Tony. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. I have horror thriller. I have a science fiction fantasy. I have drama and romance. I have action adventure. Normally we pick movies from our genres that aren't appreciated enough, but we're rolling out the end of... Uh, the birthday picks for this month. It's my birthday. John's birthday extravaganza. <laughs> it has become an extravaganza. Yeah. Has yeah. it? I mean, we did the Nicholas Cage. Well, we will complete. We are completing the Nicholas Cage uh, Holy Trinity. Oh. Which, you know, when I mentioned this to a couple people, they were like, uh, gone in 60 seconds. It's like, well, that's not one of them. But it should be. <laughs> <laughs> also, we already did that one. And National Treasure. Well, this, they just all came out together. This is. Yeah, these three came out. Boom, 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 yeah. boom. Then after this, he really did, uh, was that City of Angels, I think, or something. I don't know. Yeah, Anywho, this it, week it on the podcast, we're doing Elaine's pick for John's birthday, The Rock. The Rock, you not say, Dwayne Johnson. A retrospective. Scottish accent, or it doesn't count. But the Rock, the Nicholas Cage, Sean Connery film. This movie got a sixty-eight percent uh, thermometer. With an audience score of 85%. It has a 58 Metacritic. Yeah! <laughs> with a 7.4 out of 10 on the IMDb. Love that Metacritic. I know. That's my remake. It uh, had a budget of $75 million, And it grossed 300 and, or excesus me, $134 million in the U.S. And $335 million worldwide. <laughs> so, so made, it made well. a little bit of money. Yeah. So other than what we got in this, just sneaking it into Metacritic. Mm-hmm. This was nominated for an Oscar in for sound. Did not win. And Nicolas Cage it? and Sean Connery both won Blockbuster Entertainment Awards for this film. <laughs> and Connery was an executive producer, so he probably got, he got some paid. he got some on the back end. In the I, in the IMDb trivia it says this and Entrapment are his favorite movies from the nineties. I can see that. They're both. And fun. now we'll have done And them we've both. done them both. <laughs> This movie was directed by Michael Bay. Welcome back to the podcast. Previously, Transformers. Uh, yes. Also, Transformers. Armageddon. Armageddon. Oh yeah. Also, <laughs> Six Underground. This that is was his, a really good movie. This is his fourth appearance on the podcast. This was written by David Weisberg and Douglas Cook, a writing duo that did not write very much. The only other notable thing they wrote was Double Jeopardy. With um, Ashley Judd? Yes. That was a good movie. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> I can shoot you right in the middle of downtown Mardi Gras. You can't do a thing about it. I'm like, I'm sure they'd find something <laughs> to charge you with. But it wouldn't be murder. <laughs> I wish you guys could have heard or seen Tony's face when he said, was it? Well, I was waiting for that to be a joke. Because I was like, you really like that movie? I do like that movie. Okay. It's not bad. I've I mean, I, I like it. it, but I'm not like, you know that excited. It's about a woman who's wrongly accused for murdering her husband. Uh, I mean, I've seen it. Who faked his death. Her and husband she finds out. She frames her for his murder. Yeah. And she finds out because left, he left her for her friend. And they're down in New Orleans living it up while she was in prison. Yeah. And she's like, I'm going to kill you. And they can't do anything about it. It's like, eh. Yeah, he's still <laughs> civil. Well, no, not just that. All right, let's say that I shoot... You know, I, I went to jail for murdering Elaine. Mm-hmm. I find Elaine in downtown New Orleans. I go and I shoot her. They're going to get me for a, a felon with a firearm, yeah. reckless handling of a firearm. They're going to yeah, find a bunch something. of shit to charge with, but they can't get me for, for what murder. If, what if you did it privately? <laughs> Not in public. They'll find something to They'll charge with. I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. 
Because the world will lose their shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, back to The Rock. What'd you think going in, Carly? The Rock. I thought, I've seen this once with Tony, and at least I know that Nicolas Cage isn't going to do the Con Air accent. <laughs> Were you worried about the I just the hated money? that accent. <laughs> this is the bad. first of the trilogy. Hummingbird. John? Tyro, Brownie, old road trade. <laughs> Casey. John. I'm sorry about old Scotty Dalton. That is you thought about this Oh, no. Going in, I was like, you know what? It's always been my support of the James Bond is Mason in this. Oh, you're mm. on that fan trail? I'm on that fan trail, and I will force that motherfucker because it works. Yeah. <laughs> that means that the character of John Mason was 83 years old. Yep. I mean, Magneto was in World War Two, so... Okay. And well, that's you, not... And that movie came out in 2000, but it's the future. <laughs> it says in that movie, so it's later than 2000. And this dude's supposed to be running around fighting Wolverine, but he was in World War Two, and he was like 12 in World War Two. Yep. So he's, what, 100? Yep. So what we do with these... <laughs> well, those are mutants, and my aim is different. True. James Bond. Okay. He's James Bond. That's, that's what I thought okay. when, when you picked this. All right. Tony? I was like, I haven't seen this in a couple months. Um, hmm. Let's see if it holds up. I haven't seen this in hours, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It turns out we didn't own it. We had to rent it. Oh, really? I, I, we did. I thought I did. We did. I, I lose all my fucking movies. You should have bought it. Um, <laughs> Greg, 04082, says, Sean Connery in wonderful form. Nicholas Cage's crazy character works. Ed Harris is excellent and very good over-the-top action. Some great one-liners, too. 10 out of 10. Uh, Stephen J. J. Wood says, really exasperated, lost for words, no brains, no irony, just had to do the washing up to stop myself from screaming, from screaming at the screen. Suck a dick, dude. How did they oh, get this shit. amazing cast to keep a straight face? Or have I missed the point completely and this is the best movie ever made? Go with loud. And then he finishes <laughs> with, headache now, exclamation point. What year was he writing this? Uh, 2020. Oof. October right. 28th. First of all. An insult to intelligence or of morons. One out of ten. First of all, greatest movie ever? Probably not. No. A really good movie? Grammar yeah, ever. Absolutely. Well, right. we'll see. I talked to, yeah. I talked to Will because I brought up that thing where you guys were talking about where you have the trilogy, mm-hmm. even though we've expanded it to six movies now. Yeah. The trilogy, which one's the best? Right. And mm-hmm. we, we, we all agree it's The Rock yeah. or Face Off. Face Off. You think Face Off? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Good God. I think it's The Rock. I think it's, I think The Rock is a better movie. I agree. But it's in your dog trash thing. Will said Con Air. Wow. He said he likes Con Air better than The Rock and Face Off. Well, I was like, hey, Con man. Air? Hey. I mean, people have their you know opinions. That's fine. I, I feel care. like he's entitled to his wrong opinion. We're all agreeing that something awesome is awesome, so I don't care what right. order we put it in. I mean, I, mean, I feel like if... I kind of like National Treasure better than Con Air. Well, Gone in 60 Seconds is my favorite movie ever. Okay. Yeah. So, obviously, if that's the one I'm going to pick. But if I, if somebody oh, held these three DVDs up to me, I would pick... I almost got Tony with a spit take. <laughs> <laughs> but if somebody held these three DVDs out to me and said, you need to pick one, I'm pretty sure I would pick The Rock. I think I would, too. Thanks. I mean, maybe. I mean, if I'm like, oh, no, we're going to watch The Rock. I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, fuck no. you then. <laughs> Either way, I'm not going to be complain. Carly? Is Connor your favorite? No, I just said I the think Rock. The Rock is yeah. of these three, but if you yeah. add the others, then I like National Treasure better. Mm-hmm. 
All right, well, but this not movie. National Treasure too. <clears throat> I don't know if National. I never saw that. One. I like National <laughs> Treasure a lot. I don't know if it's has the rewatchability. I think The Rock has one of the higher rewatchabilities too. Well, Face off too, but Con Air. I don't need to see Con Air again. Probably for another year or two. Um, I'll never be in a rush to watch Con Air, but if it's on, you know, yeah. you'll watch it. Kind of like The Mummy. Uh, this movie marks Nicholas's Cage's sixth appearance on our podcast. Ooh. Wow, also, he's a rarefied air. Yeah. I mean, recently, <laughs> I think he might be the rock star. Recently in Face Off and Con Air, but also Gone in 60 Seconds in a little mini-sode, National Treasure, and our beloved Sorcerer's Apprentice. Mm. <laughs> or Bath. This will be the third appearance for Mr. Sean Connery, previously the Highlander in Entrapment. Yep, mm-hmm. so far. Both of those I This is the second appearance for Mr. Ed here or Ed Harris, previously on Stepmom. I wish I could do the Step- abyss or excuse me, the, the abyss? abyss, but I cannot. Well, there's no way that's getting in. It's sixty two on Metacritic. Oh, I almost watched Even that the Metacritic. The but I check periodically because that yeah. shit changes. I and she keeps writing bad night. reviews. <laughs> yeah. We have uh, Ed Harris is playing General Hummel, Sean Connery's John Mason, and Nicholas Cage's family. Good speech. We also have John Spencer playing uh, FBI Director Womack. He is famous for The West Wing. He was also in War Games and in The Negotiator. War Games. He was in The Negotiator. Which War Games it? was great. I know, but that's an that's a, that's a old pick. Then we have 82? Yeah, yeah, it was early. We have David Morris playing Major Baxter. He was in The Green Mile. He was on St. Elsewhere way in the way back machine and also in the negotiator <laughs> yes he was uh then we got william Forsythe playing ernest paxton and he was in blue streak fucking fantastic in that uh, uh, tango un gato los pantalones dick tracy fucking fantastic in that mm-hmm. and out for justice with steven seagal yes which is just funny so i had to mention it. which <laughs> is my favorite steven seagal movie out for justice yeah then making I mean, they're his, all the same know, movie. I, like, I kind of like Mark for Death, but I'd have to rewatch them all. They're making all his same. third appearance on the podcast is uh, Michael Bean, c- playing Commander Anderson, previously seen in Fire in the Sky and Aliens. And when, was he seen in Fire in the Sky? We don't know. Yet. <laughs> but still, he was Technic- in that movie. Technically, he was in. Technically, I don't think anyone saw him. And he's in I'm one of Tony's re- favorite movies. Terminator. Terminator. Yeah, yeah, Terminator 2. Yeah, and we wish that we he could, ta- we wish we could talk about Terminator, The Abyss, and Tombstone on the podcast, but unfortunately those are all is he in two the good abyss? movies. Yes. Bean? Yes. Oh, is, where is Tombstone? He's I thought we the could do Tombstone. guy that goes crazy. In The Abyss, yeah. I only remember um, sure. Harris and um, Master Antonio. I haven't seen it in so long. Uh, then we got Vanessa Marcel, plays the girlfriend Carla. She's famous for General Hospital, 90210, and the show John Loves Las Vegas. Yep. Um, and then we get Gregory. It was a good Gregory, show. Gregory Spore Leader, who's Captain Fry. And he was in SWAT and True Romance. Interesting. He's the, not the candy man, but the white guy that's like the other captain. You got the chin? Yes. Okay. Ooh! The Metacritic score fifty. For oh my god! Stone. I know he's in romance. He's in True Romance for yeah. a second. Doesn't matter. He's in True Romance. <laughs> he's the guy that's looking at the the magazine, and Clarence comes up to him. Oh wow! Yeah, wow. I don't know who he is because I remember that. <laughs> he's in it for a second. Doesn't matter. He was also in Michael Bean's like, man, how'd you get funny. in the movie so long? <laughs> Anyways, Tony Todd, and then we finally, I'm going to round out our cast review with Tony Todd, who plays Captain Darrow who uh, was Welcome Back to the Podcast from Final Destination and The Crow, but also is the Candyman. Mm-hmm. In the old movie and the new one. Yep. That new one looks scary as shit. I hope I don't have to see it for uh, the podcast. We'll see. 
No promises. I don't know, man. Oh. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> Sir, would you like to get off your phone and join the podcast? Damn. Ooh. I was checking the Metacritic for Tombstone, and I, then I put it on my movie list. <laughs> okay. Looked like you were on your Amazon account. Ben mm-hmm. talked about Tombstone the other day. He was like, if I ever come in town and, and I can be on the podcast, I'm going to do Tombstone. So I shouldn't do it next? I thought you were doing the other movie next. It's been bumped. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, man. Nope. Shout out. It's been bumped. Hey, Ben, we'll do Tombstone if you come visit. He may come visit for our wedding if you can wait that long. (laughs) Did you pick a date? It's a long time. In June. (laughs) I knew that. I forgot. I'm a terrible person. (laughs) This movie opens with a montage. Where did he make Tony dance at his wedding? Okay. It's a lot of liquor. At the very beginning of this movie, I said, wow, this is starting very similarly to Con Air. (laughs) Well, we get a montage featuring General Hummel. (laughs) We get the sounds of war. We get military funerals. We hear the general addressing Congress. Um, He's getting into his full dress uniform as this is all happening. We can hear pieces of mission reports. It's all just kind of giving us a look at his life. And then we see him in the rain in a cemetery. Mission report, October 16th, 1991. And he goes to a gravestone, puts some flowers on a grave, and it's his wife. Barbara. And he tells her that he's going to do something that he couldn't do when she was alive, but it needs to be done. And then he leaves his Congressional Medal of Honor on the top of her tombstone. He's tried everything else. So this guy's got a Medal of Honor? Yes. That's a bad motherfucker. Yes. You know what you got to do to get one of those? Most people who get those are dead. Mm-hmm. That is all true. <laughs> and then we see a Navy weapons depot, and we see General Hummel and a group of his men raid this weapons depot. They use non-lethal yep. weapons to subdue all of the military members. Even though I swear he stabbed that one dude in the neck. <laughs> I was like, he pulls him With a trike. Yeah, he pulls him <laughs> up and hits him. I was like... Did he stab that motherfucker in the neck? They did he did not get throw, the memo? They also threw a guy out of the tower. He could have died. Yeah. yeah, he landed pretty hard. Yeah. We we don't know if he didn't break his back but in that fall. I stand by. He looked like he fell on. They didn't plan for him to fall at that. Like, that was an accident. Oh, okay. Maybe. But, so, they take something from level four cold storage. It's a chemical weapon. And, unfortunately, we see part of this chemical weapon drop and break. It says VX on the side. You can call it VX gas. Okay, they take VX gas, whichever that is. We don't know. <laughs> but uh, it has these, like, green pearls of stuff. And one of them breaks. Mm. And they all run. And they lock a guy in, the guy that dropped it, because he was too close to the thing. And it kills him. And it looks Badly. Yeah. nasty. It's pretty mm-hmm. bad. It Very melts nasty. him. Yeah. Yes. Looks like and, you opened uh, the Ark of the Covenant. Major Baxter says, I'm sorry, man. Peace out. Yep. <laughs> then we flash to an FBI lab, and we meet uh, Stanley Goodspeed. He appear- and his co-workers playing in the lab. A little bit of geeky domino sort of a thing, mouse trappish, and an alarm goes off. And he gets called down to his lab. Uh, a dog at the airport found a suspicious package. That was being sent to a Bosnian refugee camp, or camp. Where's your heart? Camp. <laughs> camp. <clears throat> and so he suits up with his trainee buddy, 
And they get in. Who's a welcome back to the podcast from High Fidelity. That's true. Mm. <laughs> he is. And, I know. Um, That's why I said it. They believe they begin to inspect this package. There's some porn. <laughs> yeah, they inspected the package. <laughs> there's some porn. There's a gas mask. And there's a baby doll, which the trainee dude then plays with. And, of course, that's the bomb, because as soon as he waves the baby doll's arm, it starts to shoot gas at them. Sarin gas, yeah. Well, they they suspect it being sarin gas, but they never really say whether it's sarin gas or not. But it's corrosive, and it's eating their suits. Yeah. (laughs) And they vent the chamber, but... It's still eating through their suits, and the sprinklers in the chamber is not working properly. Because it's a movie, and nothing ever works in a movie. Yeah, no. and, and then, like, wouldn't they be prepared for corrosive gas? Also, wouldn't the sprinklers work? Yeah. <laughs> Seems like something they'd be checking before they start this whole thing. Be like, all right, uh, ventilation, check. Water, <laughs> check. Yeah. All right, let's get started. Well, good speed. Looks close, takes a closer look at the doll and finds enough sea floor to blow up the building. Sea floor? What's that? It's uh, explosive oh. you put it on the floor. Oh, okay. Oh, that's where um, Sebastian and Ariel live on the seafloor. It's not ceiling floor. Yeah. It goes up. On the dusty. Darling, it's better. Down where it's wetter. Take it from me. I really want to throw, uh, shoot you out of a treacher butt right now. Damn. Anyways, so. If you do, I'll be like, yeah. Just like Aquaman. <laughs> My man. Funny because whenever you say yeah, all I think of is the Hodge twins. <laughs> no, that's yeah. Damn. Anyways, <clears throat> damn good. So he finds a bomb and he's trying to deactivate the bomb. And the trainee guy is having a panic attack because the shit's eating through a suit and there's no sprinklers. There's no sprinklers. We get a very high pressure disarming scene. They finally get the sprinklers sprinklers to work and he disarms disarms the bomb just in case. I have not been drinking. I don't know why I can't talk. This is going to be Words are harsh. You've been breathing They wanted day. them to do the shot in their hearts. And yeah. And the good speed was like, I'm not fucking doing that. I'm busy. Was it adrenaline <laughs> or something? Yeah. Yeah. Well, a friend of mine told me that they have that and you don't have to hit it in your heart. You can just do it in your leg. <laughs> oh, that's good to go. Yeah. So in your heart is just... But it's a movie. Stuff. So in the yeah, movie because yeah. the guy's like, dramatic. how am I supposed to hit my heart? I can't fucking see. <laughs> they always say in your heart in the movies. I don't know. I don't have the kind of job where I would need to do that. The jazz triangle is not that crazy. Well, that one time. But well, we don't talk about yeah. that. That's, you know. <laughs> and I put that all stuff in a box. I have no idea why you would need the adrenaline. I guess because these are all nerve agents and it counteracts the effect it's having on your nervous system. I yeah. guess. Keep I think it, it just jump starts you so you can get going. Mm. Kind of like if you overdose, they hit you with the adrenaline and you wake up and be like, ah. Well, you would think fiction. you would think of this stuff like. The VX gas, if it melts your skin off, it wouldn't matter if you jump-started your heart, but apparently... It, it, I, it, I assumed it was a, you know, we're all going to die if you die, so hit yourself with this shit, mm-hmm. finish your work, get the bomb, stop it. I'm sorry you're dead, but you saved everyone else. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't know how that works. Yeah. I don't know if that math checks out, but anyway. Speaking of, so if Son of Preacher Man comes on in the car today, mm-hmm. and I'm in, a room with, I'm in a car with four guys, not one of them got Pulp Fiction. Do you... Are all these jazz triangle players? Are they all under ten? Where's all you always telling me about these people that don't know anything? Pulp Fiction. I'm like, when you hear song preacher, I'm like, what movie you think of? And everybody's like, I'm like, really? I would never. Like, what about if I tell you it was Vincent Vega? What if it was K. Billy Super Sounds of the Sevens? I would never think of Pulp Fiction when I hear. What about girls? You'll be a woman soon. Would that make you think of Pulp Fiction? Okay. 
but not some of her preacher money. So that actually makes me think of Audrey's first husband. Um. So now, well, that's fair. Stanley Goodspeed he, has he saved. Was the son of a preacher man. <laughs> Stanley Goodspeed has saved the FBI building, and he takes the rest of the day off, yeah. and he goes home to. I think his trainee talk. may be quit. <laughs> no, we he was like, leaving. Oh, he said it. he said he was leaving anyway. But then maybe just be bullshit. But. We we do mean we do. He comes back later. Um, so he's home, sitting naked in a chair, like playing, you do, playing guitar, guitar, like you do. Yeah, it's a stressful day. You and do that? I mean, I do the drum. I don't play guitar. Yeah, I, we don't own a guitar. <laughs> that I know of. I don't know what Tony does when I'm at home. <laughs> we, we do know it's that true, John man. has naked plans as soon as Cross leaves for the military. So I mean, I guess I'm gonna find him doing something weird naked. Um, his girlfriend comes home, Carla. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she asks about his day, and Stanley goes on a rant about the state of the world, and it pretty much ends with him saying, "Ends with him saying that anybody who wants to have kids is crazy, mm-hmm. because the world is a very fucked up place," which is understandable considering that he just decided defused a bomb. bomb. Yeah, that was being sent to a refugee camp. Yeah. <laughs> he was going to kill. Everyone. And he asks about Carla's day, and she says she's pregnant. He says, and he's. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Which, of all the responses mm-hmm. to give to the surprise I'm pregnant, that's a pretty good one. Wow. Let's be real here. We've I've seen some fucked up responses to the I'm pregnant. But he just how says, wow. The, how did you, how did you? <laughs> I mean, the most of, like, I read a lot of romance novels and stuff, and usually it's, is it mine? <laughs> we used a condom hoe. We used a condom hoe. Yeah, that's usually the response in a romance novel. Wow. Nine times out of ten. Or it's complete disbelief. I don't understand how this could have possibly happened. I mean, we have sex on the regular, but how? How? Right now I'm reading some surprise baby sports this romance. She wants to talk about Pulp Fiction in the car. She's <laughs> and a lot she of gets it is, are you trying for. to trap me? Oh. But you anyway. Are you trying to trap me? In this room for the next two hours while we podcast? Yes. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Although you've left the room before. <laughs> That's true. And you are closest You're to the door. You're not above just rolling. Like me and Carly can't get out, but you and I go full Dinkelman. Yeah. And not skiing in his G's. He's but, just uh, so fucking. I just leave. That so does. Stanley's taken off guard, and then to compound it, Carla then proposes to him, which. He's having a. <laughs> Hold like, on a minute. <laughs> He's like, I was on the bomb thing. That's a lot to take. I, I mean, gotta process. A lot going I on. almost died today. First, you're pregnant. Now you're proposing. I need to circle this back. <laughs> she did really jump in with both feet. Everyone in my building and probably the surrounding buildings almost have died today, and maybe some of the people nearby. But, uh, yeah, so he's he needs to process this. So while he processes, we're gonna flash to Alcatraz. We see some tourists on a tour. In the trivia, it said that Ed Harris found the tour guide's voice so funny he kept giggling, <laughs> which amused me. Um, he had the giggles. And we see General Hummel is By the in... way, the trivia in this, there's a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah? yeah. It's I mean, quite... it's not Cobra, but what it is. <laughs> well. It's definitely more than Crocodile Dundee 2. Um, Did you know in Crocodile Dundee 2, it was a sequel? Yes. yes. No. That is the kind of quality trivia that would be on IV. <laughs> but we see General Hummel is in with the tourists, and we do see troops coming toward the island. And um, the Hummel's troops take control of the island. They set up a command center. And uh, when the tour goes into the jail cells, the tour guide, part of the tour is to go in the jail cells. They shut the, su- shut the cells, and that is when Hummel informs them that they are now all hostages. 
That'd be the time to do it. <laughs> I mean, if, you, if you really want to make sure that there's not going to be resistance, you don't have to hurt anybody, perfect. That's the best time. Yeah. The I mean, only, they're locked up. <laughs> the only one that wasn't in, locked up in a cell was the tour guide, and he was easy to overwhelm. He's like, what's wrong? Second round, tour? Tour's over. <laughs> Hummel addresses his troops. So some of these guys have served with him a long time, including his number two, Major Baxter. 68. But this is the first time that he has worked with uh, Captain Fry and Captain... Hiller. Um, no, it's not Hiller. That guy uh, fights aliens. Uh, <laughs> Captain Darrow, which are, is the white dude in uh, Candyman. Candyman. Yeah. Um, and he gives them a speech that uh, from here on out they may call us traitors. But uh, there's another group of people they called traitors. Washington, Jefferson. Jefferson. He's not wrong. No, he's not wrong. He also says that they're they're true heroes. And maybe that's true. Maybe that's not. We'll see how it plays out. <laughs> then Hummel calls the FBI director Walmack, tells him that he has 81 hostages and 15 rockets armed with VX gas in position to attack San Francisco. And That's a lot. Director Walmack is like, um, who's this? <laughs> and he says, Brigadier General Hummel. And then he hangs up. And he to which says, I said to Carly, I would be so bad in these movies because I'm always like, well, what did he say again? <laughs> did he say 12 missiles with XV? Or what did he say? And who was, who was <laughs> what was his name? It was Himmel? This is why you don't work for exactly. the FBI or the Pentagon. Or He's I not would a have details to, guy. Or I would have a <laughs> notepad. <laughs> like, but then, I, only I could read this. It's in code. We go to the Pentagon. And we have a briefing. Hmm. And we find out that uh, he had that Hummel raided a Navy uh, weapons depot. That's the words. Yep. And then he stole not 15 the BX no. poison gas not rockets. The depot. No. So he's not bluffing. And, he's not, he and they talk about who Hummel is and how decorated it is. And the um, uh, president's chief of staff says, this dude's a war hero. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, he's pretty rad. So we're fucked. It's pretty much the general. He's like, you know who we'd call to handle this? Him. Him. So, <laughs> and, he uh, even, and he even mentions that, is this the part where he mentions that he's like, I know your countermeasures. No, not yet. Oh, no. About like, I know all of your, because I invented them. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. Hummel, <laughs> that's from something else. Hummel calls the Pentagon. And one of the other generals he has the is his buddy. And he's like, like, hi, Bob. It's like number six on my phone. He's <laughs> like, so Frank, what's going on? And, uh, <laughs> Hummel tells him that 83 Force Reconnaissance Marines have died under his command. Um, some, all, you know, all over the world, including China. And then the press, and then the chief of staff goes, we didn't send troops to China. And Hummel is like, shut up, you fucking China. <laughs> who the fuck is this? Like, who is that? Tell him I not to speak. I was there, and yes, we did. <laughs> He's like, and when they died, they got no military honors. Their family were denied benefits. They pretended like they, you know, they were lied to as if they weren't serving their country at all. And this has got to stop. And he wants $100 million from the Red Sea trading account. And again, the chief of staff is like, no, it wasn't the chief of staff. It was, was Walmack. Like, was Walmack was like, what's that? And he's like, it's a Pentagon slush fund where they put money from illegal weapon sales. <laughs> the general is, the people at the table like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's classified, man. It's like, this is the guy who's been filling it. And uh, 
He says some of this money is going to go to the benefits of these 83 families and the rest will be distributed by my discretion. In other words, to pay my mercenaries. Mm -hmm. I'm keeping it. He tells them that they've got 40 hours to arrange the transfer of the money. And uh, then he, or San Francisco goes kaboom. Doesn't it go kaboom? It goes blah. <laughs> wish it go kaboom. Yeah, kaboom would be much easier. So, like, this is a bad hang up. Or, and this is where he says, and we both yeah. know your countermeasures won't work. Yeah. And so then he hangs up and they talk about it. And the chief of staff asks about the VX gas. And he says, he says, one teaspoon of this detonated in the air will kill everything for an 80 block radius. Because the chief of staff's like, well, how, what are we looking at here? And the one, one of the generals goes, well, 60 to 70. And he's like, that's not bad. And he goes, 60 to 70,000. Like, oh. And he's like, oh. And they discuss their countermeasures, which generally for this sort of thing is to blanket the island in napalm. However, VX gas has been specifically formulated to resist napalm. And so they need this other thing that they've been developing called thermite plasma. However, it's still in a test phases and it's not ready, which Hummel knows. So, which is why he picked the VX gas. Yeah. So they ask, how long would it take, or what would it take to arm a team of F-18s with thermite plasma? And the guy goes, an act of God. Excuse me. And he says... We'll start trying, but it's like, not gonna work. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, this needs to be our plan. We're gonna we're gonna do our best, but this needs to be plan A, plan B. I'm like, all or right, C well, or D. <laughs> well, he's like, well, what's plan A? And then one of the uh, admirals goes, I want to bring in our Navy SEALs. And then they turn to Walmack and they say, we need your best biological chemical man. Chemical super freak. And then we flash to Goodspeed and Carla fucking on the roof. They seem to be trying to work out this baby thing. They're working it out. However, the phone rings. However, he's not worried about getting her pregnant anymore. I mean... Too late. <laughs> she see, I'm not sure if she's trying to convince him to marry her by having sex with him on the roof. Maybe. And they have really weird sex. I Although when they get up, they're they both wearing their underpants. And I was like, well, that didn't look comfortable. <laughs> I think they're just both enjoying the day where she found out she's pregnant and he didn't explode and kill everybody. I don't know. But so they're just there's some, there's good some fun, weird, sex. dirty talk where he talks about how hot the pigtails are. <laughs> it's weird. It's fun. Go enjoy this scene. Um, but the phone rings and he's like, I got to answer it. It's work. It's not a work cell phone. Mm <laughs> hmm. It, well, I mean, it maybe it's like a home phone. I don't know. It's, like it's a Zach, Zach Morris phone. <laughs> so maybe this is his work cell phone. But or maybe I don't they think called so. his work cell phone and he didn't answer. So they but he says, they know I'm home. And she says, how? And he goes, they're the FBI. Yeah. They know we're fucking on the roof. <laughs> I mean, now that people have Alexa, they definitely do know. Yeah. Um, I don't care. But he answers it. And she's like, you've got to be kidding me. You're in me right now. It's not okay to answer the phone when you're in someone. I'm just putting it out there. Safe, uh, safety tip. That's a relationship tip right there. <laughs> yeah. Pull out if you know it's some kind of tip. The tip. <laughs> Look, man, it's important to pull out before you pick up. Whoa. Okay. Cross, you get that? <laughs> it's a tip. It's the kind of advice she won't give you to in person. <laughs> I told you, speaking of surveillance, I told you that thing about uh, the guy, the Walking Dead guy, Crippman, mm-hmm. where he was, um, he did an interview on Zoom, because of mm-hmm. Zoom, and uh, 
for Amazon, talking about Amazon yeah. and the show he has on Amazon. And they and then afterwards they called him. Amazon mm-hmm. called him and they were like, "We didn't really like the way you have your room set up. You need to get a better, a bigger, a bigger desk and a ring light." And he's like, "Oh well, fuck. I'm I'm sorry. I'll I'll pick one up tomorrow." He goes, "No, it'll be at your house in an hour." And they hung up. And he's like, "Oh, it's Amazon." <laughs> <laughs> and he said, "It was at my house in an hour." He's like, "Holy shit!" He said, "That's a little scary." <laughs> he's like, "We were watching. We didn't like it." Yeah, <laughs> we're sending you the stuff to fix that. Okay. All right. You're wow, a, you're Amazon. You know my address. I order from you. You know who I am. Mm-hmm. You pay well, my checks. Sign my checks. Thing. Speaking of things that happen with speed, good speed informs Carla that he has to go to San Francisco, and she's pissed because she's pregnant and unmarried, and she's Catholic, man. Oh shit! And he still hasn't agreed to marry her. And he Not says, yet. "Why don't you come with me? Because I love you, and it's going to be a training exercise, and we can get a hotel room, we can have a little vacation." And she says, "Yes." <laughs> And I do believe he says, I do love you and I will marry you. Yeah. I think. I think so. Because for the rest of the movie, they refer to each other as, yes, fiancés. She sexed him into submission, apparently. <clears throat> that always works out. Either that or she presented the argument. I'm Catholic. <laughs> Either that or it. she needed to give him more than 20 minutes to process the life-changing news she, she mm. gave him. That's the other thing that pisses me off about that short thing. People always act like if you're not instantly happy, give me a fucking second... You've been sitting on this news all day. <laughs> Anyways. And so you probably weren't exactly thrilled, thrilled when you found out. She was very opinionated about I just feel like it, there's, they always show like the woman tells the man and the man expl- has some kind of irrational um, reaction. However, in her opinion. <laughs> however, the woman, like in movies and books, the woman waited a week. She told three of her friends. They've been trying to figure out how she feels about it before she even tells him. And then she expects him to be completely on board with whatever plan she has made up in her head. But he didn't even know what's happening. Hmm. I'm sorry. It's a thing that bothers me. Whereas if I found out I was pregnant, I think Tony would be the one trying to talk me and talking me off the ledge. <laughs> We'd all be talking off the ledge. Back at the Pentagon. I'll babysit. They're going through the seals. For 18 years. <laughs> That's what Carly would want. And they're going through the seals plan of Look, attack. Your mom's coming over today. <laughs> they are going to... It's a podcast. We just want to see you. <laughs> Alcatraz is riddled with tunnels. So the seals will come through the water and up through the tunnel. To, and they're going through the plans and they're going through the plans. And they figure out that they can't find any way through. They need somebody with first-hand knowledge. But the, the warden are, is... There's like 20 maps that it gets rebuilt every 10 years or some shit. The mess. warden is... The last warden is dead. None of the guards they talk to can help. And they're like, there's nobody out there with the knowledge that we need. I don't know how we're going to do this. And then Womack and his other FBI stooge that's there uh, go out into the hallway. And they're like... We need John Mason. And Womack is like, we do not need John Mason. <laughs> and the other guy's like, yeah, we fucking do. His name's he, on the poster. He escaped <laughs> from Alcatraz. He know, If he got out, he can get back in. And Womack oh. is like, if we let him out, he'll run. And, he, and the other guy goes, he's my age. I have to get up three times a night to go piss. <laughs> this guy's an old man. It's not like we can't keep him under control. Which is actually a pretty good point. Yeah, it's not, not like he's young and spry. He's not a super spy in the 60s. So, 1997. They go, so... Super Spy in the 60s, you say? Isn't that what it was? Yes. So then we flashed a good speed mini The movie has to make a billion dollars. You believe that shit? I know, that's not cool. I mean, it's not going to be... There's no way that's going to make a billion dollars. 
It wouldn't. No. <laughs> but it's not. It's not going to be better but, than Skyfall. Yeah, like. only one movie Bond movie has ever made that much, and it was like the best Bond movie ever. Yeah. By <laughs> this is not going to be. I mean, this could be a good movie, and it's still ain't going to make a billion dollars. Well, all the movies are fucked up now anyway. No, no movie's making a billion dollars for a while. It doesn't matter what it is. Are you good? <laughs> good. <laughs> oh, sure, but, but in a book, when she tells him that she's pregnant and she's been sitting on it for three weeks... Why are you t- yelling at me? I let you have your whole tangent. I quietly did not even try to interrupt until you were clearly done. So... <laughs> okay. Are you good? Yeah. Good speed meets Womack at the plane. And this is where he finds out that it is not a training exercise. He cracks some jokes about being really into, you know, being a really, really into science. And Womack is He's like... kind of a, what's the word, oversharer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever five words would suffice, he says 25 words. <laughs> but you know what? I think that's Nicolas Cage. Yeah, because he did the same thing in Armageddon. And they had looked a lot in this movie. Yes. Perhaps. So that was Nicholas Cage. And he's but scared. They get on the plane. <laughs> At least he didn't do the accent. FBI sets up a mobile command. He didn't call that girl Hummingbird. Hummingbird. <laughs> and Connor. they pull Mason out of Dear whatever Mason. deep dark hole I'm they have thrown him in. Scotty Dalton's a bad soulmate. Soulmate. Cellmate. I'll send you some snowballs. They call up Waller. And they get Mason. Amanda Waller? Yes. Mm-hmm. Amanda they Waller's get- in this? Damn. She's like hardcore. And they get Mason out of uh, the Suicide Squad. She got hit in the head with a golf club. Yeah. She got hit by more. I didn't like it as much as I liked the first one. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I, I thought only it was, got to see the first 20 minutes or so. And then I couldn't was, help but notice that they just recast all of the Suicide Squad with other characters that do the exact same thing. It was like, oh, look, it's King Shark. You mean the killer croc replacement. Oh, look, it's Bloodshot. You mean Deadshot. Killer Croc was way better than King Shark, by the way, because... And there's no way that, shark, but that it, Polka Dot Man is going to replace um, Diablo. No. <laughs> it just made King Shark dumb, and he's not dumb. I don't know why they did that. I don't know why So they can make stupid jokes like, hand. I know, it's like, he's not And that stupid. wasn't funny. I will tell you, I do love John C. Well, you can't I see I have him. heard. Yeah. Anyways. You, you went on a tangent about it in one of the other episodes I listened to the other day. I was laughing my ass off. She mentions to me at least once a day that she loves John C. Not once a day. Like three times a week. <laughs> so they pull. Takes Sunday off. They took. They pull Mason out of prison. Jesus. So Walmack, they have set up an interview room, and Walmack tells sends Paxton in to interview him. Paxton is the West Coast director of the FBI. And they're like, "Why can't you go, Walmack? You know him." He goes, "Oh, he won't talk to me." <laughs> There's a he's lot like, of anger there. He says he's definitely going to remember me, and I don't want him clouded by anger. <laughs> but so Paxton goes in and um, really says nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's obviously doing like a bad cop, but he doesn't even tell Mason what kind of information they're inquiring about or that they're going to offer him a pardon or anything. Like, I don't understand what the purpose of sending this dude in this room is. Mm-hmm. And then he leaves. And then uh, Walmack says, tells Goodspeed, you go in now. And Goodspeed's like, what? I'm not an interrogator. <laughs> I'm not for this. I, which, what? Because uh, Mason was all like, well, here's what I want. Yada, 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 yada. And the dude threw him a quarter. He's like, this is all you're getting from me. Like, he didn't even so, say, yeah, call actually. Yeah, your lawyer because you're not going anywhere. I can get you some stuff. 
He <laughs> tries to strong arm Mason, but Mason's a fucking SAS spy. And I, he doesn't know anything about Mason. Hole for 30 years. Yeah. yeah, he wanted to know about Mason and Walmart's like, I'm not telling you shit. You don't need to know anything about anybody. So he doesn't know anything. Yeah. He's just but an old still, man in he prison. didn't do any. Like, he, he is trained for this. Yeah. yeah. He should have been better at this. Anyway, so good speed goes in. And he is pencil. woefully inept at this. Uh-huh. He can barely get out his name properly. Mason completely leads you, the conversation. Did you get the, of course you are, dear? James Bond said that. That's how you know it's the same character. <clears throat> Mason and totally. He looks like him. Just like, well, older, but yeah. <laughs> Mason agrees to sign the pardon for a suite at the Fairmont, a shower, a suit, and a haircut. And he wants to feel of a suit. And uh, Goodspeed's like, sure, we can do that. And Mason signs the pardon. Mm-hmm. And then um, Goodspeed leaves. He brings the pardon to Womack. And they're kind of talking, and they're no longer paying attention to Mason. They're just like, Paxton is like, why are we giving this guy everything he wants? And Womack is like, we're just doing it. We'll recording off the whole floor if we got to. We're going to get the suite. And um, Mason takes the quarter that Paxton threw at him, uses the edge of his chair to kind of stomp it and make it um, Stuff it up, yeah. sharp. And then he uses the quarter to cut a circle in the mirror and elbows his way through it and to see who's on the other side of the mirror. Womack! Why am I not surprised? You <laughs> piece of shit. You piece of shit. And I'm Sean Connery. Now my question is, do we want, which do we want more of long-haired Sean Connery in another movie or long-haired Alec Baldwin in another movie? Can long-haired Alec Baldwin play the son of long-haired Sean Connery? Tony was like, I want a movie with both of them. Yeah. <laughs> After watching The Shadow with Alec Baldwin long hair, I was like, man, that was fucking cool looking. And then obviously Connery in this movie. Because mm-hmm. the only other movie we get with long hair is... Well, Highlander, but he keeps it in a ponytail Dad, all the time. He also has long hair in Medicine Man. Oh yeah, we don't count that. Juan Sanchez that. Ramirez with the Lobos, but he also, also has a pony, but he also keeps it in a ponytail for most. That's of that true. Time. The Medicine Man is a good movie. I don't know why nobody ever talks about that anymore. Because Sean Connery. Ants cure like cancer. Mm-hmm. Cure cancer. They did. Then they cut down the tree. Um, Stanley calls. They're on the car on the way to the hotel, and Stanley calls Carla to tell her not to come to San Francisco. And she picks up and says, fuck you, I'm coming, and hangs up on him. <laughs> because uh, he knows it's not a training exercise. And then exercise. Mason's like, why don't you want her to come to San Francisco? I mean, he could have like, said, it's not a training exercise, don't come to San Francisco. <laughs> he didn't say that. And then she's, she's like, well, he didn't give, know. She didn't you don't chance. need to know. So then Mason barks at him to scare him, and the other FBI agents think that's hilarious. <laughs> she's trying to act all tough. And like, <laughs> well, now we're at the suite. Uh, Mason takes a shower. And while the FBI guys are distracted, because they're not trying to look at an old man taking a shower, he pulls the clothesline out of the wall and for later use and picks up a phone and orders a shit ton of room service. While he sings um, that song about San Francisco. Left my heart in San Francisco. No, no. it's about uh, flowers in her flowers hair. Flowers in her hair. They if went, you're going to San Francisco... When they were, uh, it'll come to me like once we're done. I'm like, ah! When they're listing Ma- uh, Mason's alkalides and abilities, one of them is he's an s- extremely good escape artist. Yes. I mean, he escaped from that. Right. He escaped, I think they said two maximum security prisons. Yeah. Um, the hairstylist arrives to cut Mason's hair. 
and Mason plants plans a trap. So while the stylist is cutting his hair, you can see Mason under the uh, hair, the gown thing, the cape Smock. that they this cape they put on around yeah. you so the hair doesn't fall in, down your mm -hmm. shirt. He, he's doing something with the clothesline. Uh, the food has arrived and the FBI agents start to chow down on the snacks and now they are all distracted. So Mason, Goodspeed, and Womack are out like on the balcony, but everybody else is just inside eating, not paying attention. So Mason questions Womack's trustworthiness and he's like, how do I know you're not going to dick me over? And Womack is like, look, I'm on the up and up. I give you my word. Well, you're shake on that. I already ripped up the pardon, but I give you my word. <laughs> and uh, while Mac holds his hand out to shake, and Mason grabs his hand and puts the clothesline around his arm like a noose and throws him over the balcony. <clears throat> so now he's hanging there by this clothesline. Amazing. Good speed is the only one there, and he pulls a gun and is like, He's, Pull him up. He's like, I will drop your boss. He goes, no, you will not. <laughs> <laughs> He's very pouty. Yeah. And Sean Connery's looking at him like, all right, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. I'm fine. And, um. He's getting heavy. <laughs> but Connery ties the end of the rope to an. Right, an old rope tree. Tying a ribbon around the No, to tree. a chair There's that's on the balcony. Home to the hummingbird. And he lets go. So that Goodspeed has to drop the the gun, the gun to grab the chair, so that Walmart won't go over. And then he runs out of the room, and Goodspeed shouts, and the other FBI agents who are been chowing down realize something's going down, and they come in. There's and he's some like, fuckery afoot. They help him pull Womack up, and then they chase after Mason. Mason gets in the elevator. His poor barber is huddling in the corner, and uh, he gets. I just want to know if you like your haircut. <laughs> he gets gets downstairs and starts trying to escape through the kitchen and Goodspeed who took the scare stairs scares uh, follows him they have a bit of a scuffle in the kitchen but Mason no, manages to escape it's not a bit of a scuffle as in Mason kicks his ass yes punches him <laughs> in the face uh, Mason escapes and steals a Humvee from the valet stole my Humvee Goodspeed follows and kidnaps a Ferrari yes I'm gonna go with kidnaps a Ferrari kidnaps yep. car naps Carnaps. Car jacks. Uh, there is a very long car chase mm -hmm. between multiple police units All over and this Humvee and this Ferrari. There is and a trolley. And I like how the guy calls Mason and says, you stole my Humvee. He goes, I have not stolen your Humvee. I borrowed it. Mason manages to shake the cops after uh, hitting, knocking over a telephone pole of some sort. Mm -hmm. But good speed in the Ferrari is able to stay on him. But then Mason uh, causes a dramatic streetcar crash. Speaking of Ferraris, you should which, watch, you should listen to Ford versus Ferrari. That's a good episode where we get the llama bite, which ends up destroying the Ferrari. Ferrari. Uh, some innocent bystander pulls up on a motorbike and says to Goodspeed, they just trashed your Ferrari, man. And he says, it wasn't mine, and neither is this, and steals the guy's motorcycle. Yeah, so Goodspeed's an asshole. He then uses he his stole cell phone a Ferrari and wrecked it. to call his... FBI's paying for that. Yeah. He then uses a cell phone mm -hmm. that was not a Zach Morris looking phone. No, it's a car phone. To call the FBI lab that he works in to get his trainee to look up John Mason. And 
he can't find any record of him. And then he says, well, pull up a transfer from this place to Alcatraz on this specific date. And he says, well, I can find the transfer, but the name's been completely blacked out. But they do have listed conveniently. He has a next of kid. Who lives in San Francisco. Who lives in San Francisco. That shit's amazing. It's like it's just up the road to the left. So then Stanley goes to the daughter's house and sees her and follows her. And she meets up with Mason. And Claire, Claire Forlani. I can't remember her name. Jude? Jude? Jude. Jude. It's Jude. Or Jade. 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 That's it. Jade Angelou. Mm-hmm. And um, they Welcome back to the podcast from Walrats. Yep. We haven't done Walrats, have we? No. no. We, I don't think we'll do any Captain Smith movies. We did Chasey and Amy. We might do. We did Chasey and Amy. I've done Dogma a couple times. No? I think I'm done with Kevin Smith. He fucked He-Man up pretty bad. <laughs> I liked it. Tony liked it. John's pissed because there's not enough He-Man. Apparently that's going to be season two. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know what? And what's funny is you look back and they advertise it as He-Man, Master of the Universe. And I guess us, me, and most people missed where they just cut He-Man off and just started calling it Master of the Universe because we didn't notice. Yeah. But all the advertisement has a big bulky dude on it called He-Man. And then he's not in it. And you're like, the fuck? It's like, hey, we're going to have this movie called Rocky, but he's not in it. Yeah, they did. It's called Creed. <laughs> oh, then it wouldn't be called Rocky. That one was called Creed. He was Anyways, supposed to be in it. It doesn't matter because you hate cartoons. That's like, hey, <laughs> this is the Lord of the Rings, but there's no but rings. it could be great and you wouldn't know because you hate cartoons. I liked He-Man. When you were five. It was awesome. <clears throat> but Tony watched Tony and all of a sudden cartoons. he watched it's like it. hey he there's it. this character we're completely gonna revamp her though and now she's the shit it's like alright um, well couldn't she be the shit when she was this is why I didn't watch the new She-Ra cartoon mm-hmm. because I don't need that in my life mm-hmm. I have a She-Ra cartoon I'm very attached to it <laughs> from my childhood I liked it and everything about it do I want to watch this new cartoon no because I'm a grown up and I'm not attached to it anymore <laughs> mm-hmm. Tina anyways I am the princess. Like, oh, he's coming back in season so two. So Mason well, meets with Jade, his daughter. He, uh... We don't trust you, Kevin Smith. Goodspeed you finds skinny him. fucker. Calls in his location to the FBI. You sold uh, out, man. Mason and Jade chat. Calm He tells her that he just wants a chance to get to know her. Go woke, woke, and that he's not an evil man. And if she could just believe that, then there's a place for them to start. And she seems like she's kind of interested in meeting her, <laughs> in true. learning more about her dad. But then the cops arrive, sirens blazing. And she's like, you fucker, you lied again. You escaped, didn't you? You're not a free man. He's like, about that. And Goodspeed walks up and covers for him. He says, well, gee whiz, John. Because <laughs> Stanley doesn't curse. Nope, he doesn't. That was a character choice <laughs> by uh, Nicholas Cage. But he covers and, uh, and informs her that Mason is working with the FBI on, a, on something for national security. And... Uh, He's like, and they walk away, and Mason's like, thanks, that was really good of you. You could have been a real asshole there. And he's like, fuck you. <laughs> no, no. He's Fuck you. He went full Kevin Bacon? He went full Kevin full Bacon. Full Kevin Bacon. He gave him a little lecture. Mm-hmm. Because he does scream at him. Like he's a grab boy. Two feet away. But we go to FBI Mobile Command, and the SEALs are Seal. briefing Mason, trying to get info from him. And he's like, look. The blueprint is in my head. I can't look at these maps and tell you where you need to be. I'll remember when I'm there. And Womack is like, you no. are not going. 
And the seal and Anderson, seal, the seal commander, Michael is B. like, uh, yeah, he is. If this is the only way to get the knowledge, then he's fucking coming because we gotta save San Francisco. Because guess what? I don't work for you, fuckface. No. Because you're FBI and I'm a Navy SEAL. And those lines and don't enter across until you can wait to the top. And Mason is kind of like, haha, fuck you, Womack. And then uh, Commander Anderson talks to Goodspeed, and Goodspeed is like, look, I got these charts, and I'm going to show you how to disarm <laughs> these bombs. And they're like, you're coming no, too. Like, oh, that's cute. And you're he's coming. like, what now? And he's like, you're the expert, you're going. And uh, he then. Like, but usually experts get the. I get to sit in the command chair in the office. (laughs) And then he goes into the bathroom and proceeds to throw up his guts. Mm -hmm. Paxton goes in there to check on him. Asks if he's all right. Gives him a little bit of a pep talk. Which is actually a pep talk. (laughs) Usually it starts out like a pep talk, but then it kind of ends with, get your head out of your ass. Mm -hmm. But it was more of a nicer pep talk. I like this this, uh, character of uh, East Coast director... Or West Coast director Paxton, he William Forsythe has a good character in this. Not as much of an asshole as everybody else. He seems like a good dude, just trying to do a good job, which I appreciate. But maybe not a good interrogator. And then <laughs> I don't know, man. But uh, but then uh, for some reason, Goodspeed tells me he's got another problem: his pregnant girlfriend in the hotel. Ouch. <laughs> they solve this problem later by picking her up and taking her to FBI custody. Yeah. Don't think that helps. <clears throat> Did they fly around the country to meet with him at the end of the movie? No. General Hummel calls the White House. Humbert. And he tells them that uh, they got say, 17 hours leave, love to, watch you go. to pay the money or they're going to reap the whirlwind. And the thermite plasma plan is still not a go. So they green light the seals. Anderson gives his men a rousing speech. And they lock and load. The FBI, this is where the FBI picks up Carla for no reason at all. And then we see the Navy choppers are approaching Alcatraz. Hummel has them monitoring, uh, monitored by radar. And there are three incoming copters and then one disappears. So they all are like, okay, that is no good. No good at all. The helicopter drops below radar. And then the seals deploy into the water. They enter the prison, they enter the tunnels under the prison and come out in the cistern. Which we looked it up and there isn't really any reason for the copters because the seals, it's only a mile away. Just one. They could have just got, well, they could even use those little crafts that they had, those weird jet ski, underwater jet ski things. They didn't need the helicopters. was like... I mean, how far is Alcatraz? I was like, it's less than the distance of the Golden Gate Bridge. Like, I'm looking at yeah, the map. Because I was, I've been, I've been there, and I was like, <laughs> it's right I, in the I middle. I remember being far, but then when you said, yeah. I was like, yeah, I guess it's not that far. Because the fact that there were three helicopters yeah, and now there's two alerts him yeah, to the what, fact that something's happening. Yeah. And they he deploys troops to kind of to see what's going on. They're monitoring the situation. Can you swim that? A mile. A mile. Mm-hmm. If I was if a it Navy was regular, seal? If, it was, <laughs> if it was regular, maybe. But if I was in a swimming, not in. Not, it's supposed to be shark infested with bad currents and shit. So. Well, if I was in a swimming pool, I could swim a mile today with no problem. I. If I, I was, not. If I was trying to swim the <laughs> San Francisco get, Bay, floaties? probably not. <laughs> like recently, when I was whitewater rafting, there was a spot where you could get out of the raft and jump into the river, and I did it twice with my niece. 
And then we had to swim back to the raft and get back in. And I thought I was going to die. <laughs> so no for Because Carl. the current was pulling the raft further, and my sister was on the raft. She's like, I really thought he was going to have us row back closer to you guys, but he didn't. He just let the current keep pulling us, and we're just swimming. <laughs> I'm not That's swimming a while. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I probably could, in an emergency, swim from Alcatraz to San Francisco, but or probably, vice versa. But probably not getting a gunfire. If my life depended on it. I'm not scared of sharks. I am very scared of sharks. I'm saying, yeah, if my chore, if I had to, is there, like, is the shark named Bruce? No, it's a megalodon. So it's a megalodon. Well, I mean, it can get me on land. They can get you. Well, anywhere. it's a megalodon. It's actually might be safer because you have, have no way of knowing you're there. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, I pr- I'm like I could probably do it and not die yeah. if I had to, but I can't imagine under any circumstances where I want to and. It's probably fucking cold as shit too, so you definitely need to wet it. Yeah. But anyways, the seals could definitely do it. Oh yeah, because they went. What they do? They could have went on those little boats yeah. that they have that would have been under radar as well. Yeah. Those are called flippies. I don't know if that's actually. <laughs> <laughs> you all. They are. They're RTLOs. I don't remember what they called them they in GI Jane. So. Uh, they're called flippies. It's like, are they flippies? But in the cistern, <laughs> sure. there's apparently. Here's one of the things in the trivia. So that bo- the boiler or whatever that's on that's shooting all that fire, oh, Jesus. there was no reason to have that. And Michael Bay even says in the trivia, yeah, sure, it's a plot hole, but it looked cool. Yeah. Well, when we were watching it, <laughs> I'm like, like, what is, what is that going on? Why do they need all here? this fire? <laughs> I was like, what are you running all the showers? Why is all these boilers going? There's like an Indiana Jones uh, roller coaster. Oh, no, wait, what let is me, going on with all this We'll shit? get to that. Like, it's like, none of what that should be right? moving at all. This isn't a working jail. This is nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no reason for this to be on. There's, there's some there's some potties for the tourists. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, so Mason has to go through this very complicated... I like I potties. I was thinking porta potties and then I was like, they're not portable. It's a building. <laughs> They're just potties. But then the word restroom or bathroom just didn't come to my head, so. Yeah, I can imagine <laughs> John's. Hot water. What? And so, uh, What's? Mason What's? goes through this very complicated thing to get to the outside of this room that they're locked in to open the door. And, uh. It's a very spe- specific sequence, like in Space Quest. Space Quest. What's that? Galaxy Quest. Galaxy, Galaxy Quest. Quest. Yeah. Because yeah. Amanda was in there with us and she was like, this is like. The room with the choppers yeah. or whatever. <laughs> Why would anyone what? make this? <sighs> also, the from uh, the Clone War, uh, the Attack of the Clones when they're oh, in the yeah, factory. factory. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, so they follow, Mason leads the way, and they follow him through the tunnels underneath the Alcatraz, and they get to the shower, the entrance to the shower room. Now, earlier, the Marines booby trapped this. They have this special motion detector. They have a special kind of motion detector that has this laser thing, but it's also been equipped with this little like wire that if they jiggle it, is a secondary motion sensor. Like a spider's web. That nobody knows about. This is some super secret high tech shit. The Navy SEAL is not on the market. Nobody knows about this. This Dr. Cox made it. They're special bullets. And um, so the seals see the motion detector and they see the laser, so they take care of that. And then they push the little motion detector off this grate, <clears throat> but they don't know about its secondary capabilities. But this completely alerts the Marines that there is motion in the shower room. They're gonna smoke these fuckers. So they go and take, uh, they deploy to secure so goes, the area. They have guests or a rat. <laughs> <laughs> 
But they deploy. And they, they have would the probably deploy running. if it was a rat. Yeah. The seals emerge. What else are you doing? <clears throat> the it's seals emerge. Right all except for Goodspeed Mason and the one seal that is babysitting Mason. <clears throat> and then out come Hummel's troops. Those were real, a lot of those were real Navy seals. And yes. it fucked up Michael Bean. He was like, I can't leave these guys. <laughs> like he got um, nervous and skittish and was having a hard time. It's like, you're Michael fucking Bean, dude. Yeah, but they're. Real Navy if I was a real Navy SEAL, Michael Bean was there like, holy shit, Michael Bean. <laughs> <laughs> he was in Navy SEALs. Like, yeah, this, yeah, he was in Navy SEALs. This, this motherfucker smoked a Terminator. <laughs> I know. They were probably and good. I would probably like, you killed a Terminator dude. And he'd be like, I'm an actor. I didn't really do it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, you still smoked a Terminator. Look, well, come on, let's get some of that energy in here for this. <laughs> Just because we know actual Navy SEALs and we know they're not that impressive does they're not mean that other people don't realize they're that. They're still people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Weird people. They have no. They have really weird jobs. I was work. People need killing. Yeah, it's a weird way to say that, but thank you. Yeah. They do strange things like buy camouflage bathrobes in their in stand and take Instagram photos in front of their wall of liquor. Stab people in the taint. Anyways, usually so, it's in that order. <laughs> Hummel tells Anderson that they he needs to drop his weapons. I mean, he was Johnny Ringo for Christ's sake. He was. His men need to stand down. I look, I'd be like, Envino Veritas, dude. <laughs> And Anderson says, like, General, we've spilled the same blood in the same mud, but you know that I cannot give that order. You must give that order. I would he, not give that order. And the seals are elevated, or the, uh, the Marines. Marines are elevated, so there's nothing. We have the high ground. Nothing the seals and can really do. He's like, you've underestimated my power. That's all right. That's movie. I watched it twice, but I still couldn't pinpoint who fired first, but I suspect well, it was fucking Fry. No, there's what this, happened this one goof. So one of the Marines pushed forward and it dropped a rock yeah. oh, that's right. where the Navy SEALs were. And so then the, the SEALs seal shot. Because yeah. Yeah. it so, sounds like they were being attacked, so they yeah. shot first and then the Marines shot. So then there is a firefight and the SEALs are obliterated. And immediately, but no, as soon as the shooting starts, this is important, General Hummel is yelling yeah, ceasefire. And nobody ceases fire. Because he doesn't want yeah. to kill them. He wants nothing to do with killing them. Yeah. Some of those Marines, not so much. Yeah. And the Navy SEALs didn't want to kill them either. Like, no one wants... Well, some of them well, wanted to kill some, but... Yeah, some of the... <laughs> some of those Marines needed up. to go. But Hummel and most of his men did not want to kill okay, those SEALs. So, the Navy SEALs are obliterated. Because what Hummel's going to do is get all their names and add them to the Goodspeed tells the one SEAL that's down with him and Mason not to go up there. But oh, he doesn't listen. Shot. He goes up there, and he, too, gets obliterated. Bam. I'd go. Only Goodspeed and Mason survive. Mason takes the radio and the gun off the marine or the seal, seal. that's yeah. hanging in the uh, He starts to leave and Goodspeed follows. And um, So he's on the radio and he's like, Mason has a gun, he's leaving. And dude's like, what do you got, a fucking water pistol? Go get him. <laughs> he tries to stop Mason from leaving. Um, this is where Paxton demands uh, to know who Mason is. And he pulls Walmack outside and says, look, you told me I didn't need to know, but I need to know who this dude is. Is then when, if I if I'm gonna tell you who Mason is, we have to go to another room. That's the rules. And they do. And Walmack tells him that Mason stole the Hoover FBI microfilm, which every if you don't know what that is, then climb out from underneath your rock. <laughs> um, so they caught Mason. He's like, UK spy. They caught him as he was fleeing to Canada, and the UK disavowed him, and the FBI held him without trial until he told them where the microfilm was hidden, and he never told them, so he's been in prison the whole time without trial. He's been in prison longer than Nelson Mandela. Mm -hmm. Do you want me to run for president? <coughs> Go ahead. 
Good, nothing seems to be working to get Mason to stay, and Goodspeed comes clean about being a chemical weapons specialist, which Mason's pretty smart, and they keep talking about these rockets and this gas. You think you could figure out why Goodspeed is here. Mm. But uh, he tells him that he can disarm all these rockets, but he can't do it. By, like, he needs help getting to them. But he's also like, been in jail since the 60s, so when they pulled the lasers Mason's out... Mason's like, you could have told my fucking daughter... And he's no, I couldn't even like, tell my fiance. He's like, it's classified, <laughs> and my pregnant fiance is in San Francisco too. So you got to help me. Hummel's men are checking out the dead bodies, and they find that the guy in the tunnel is missing his gear, and they know that they have a couple more rats to flush out. They find they are looking around and checking things out, and they hear Goodspeed and Mason arguing. And Hummel's men set off bombs into the tunnels to flush them out or destroy them. But they have plot armor, and they're able to supr- survive multiple explosions by diving underwater. They have plot armor, so it's okay. And um, but Mason and uh, Mason has agreed to help Goodspeed, and they approach the morgue where they know that the majority of the rockets are. And um, Mason asks uh, Goodspeed if he's ready for this, and he's like, I'll do my best. And then Mason has a great line here that says, your best. Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. And then he says, Carla was the prom queen. He's like, really? Yeah. (laughs) So then he has more confidence. (laughs) I guess. That'll do it. Because who cares? (laughs) They approach the morgue. It's a guy thing. And Underwear bins. I don't know who the prom queen was. (laughs) No, I did go to the prom. Who was the prom queen? Uh, I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't. We didn't have a prom queen and a prom king. You, we I had a homecoming. I, 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 I know we, we, there was a vote, and I couldn't even tell you who was, because there was a thing, vote for home king. Blah, blah, blah. Like, no, no, yeah, we whatever. had homecoming king and queen, no, we but had we prom didn't do king. prom. I think we did both, but I can't remember my homecoming, any of them. We don't care <laughs> who was. It was Grace Aboka. And my homecoming king, Ryan Zakis. Anyways. I don't know who that is. I know you don't. You want to know what's interesting? Two years previously, when Audra, for Audra's homecoming king, it was Grace Aboka's older brother. I believe his name was Reggie. Maybe. I Why do you give a fuck? It's fixed. I don't. I just thought it was interesting. I don't think it is. It's interesting that no, it's not. brother brother and sister mm-hmm. both won. <laughs> Fixes in. Uh, <laughs> they approach the morgue. There's a quick shootout. Plus, a guy gets hit, uh, taken out by a giant ass knife. The big guy from. Connie. And then, uh, culminating in death by air duct, <laughs> they've killed everybody. Goodspeed has a minor panic attack because the gentleman who was killed <laughs> by the giant air duct's feet are still twitching. You've and he around. wants to know if that's normal. And Mason is like, is that sometimes. I like how he didn't even look. He just pointed at it. Is that normal? And he's like... Yeah, it happens. He also at one point says that's pretty much the most horrific thing I've ever seen. Is can you stop it? What do you want me to do? Shoot him again? <laughs> so then he removes the guidance chips from the twelve rockets that are in the morgue. Mason asks asks about the VX gas, and Goodspeed describes its horrific effects about how it melts off all your skin, it attacks your spine, you have spasms until you break your own back. It's horrible. It's something we wish after your skin melts. Something off. we wish we yes. could disinvent. While they are getting the guidance chips, um, Hummel tries to check in with his morgue team. 
and they know that they're on their way. So Goodspeed and Mason have to beat feet and get out of there. Goodspeed tells Mason that there's still three rockets somewhere else. They have to find them. The Marines close in on the morgue and they find uh, Mason and Goodspeed gone. And But they kind of see them as Mason and Goodspeed descend back into the tunnels. There is a minecart escape scene for no reason, a la Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And Why like, is there a minecart? These mine guys car? really can't hear anything anymore. Like, uh -huh. all the explosions, now there's all these bullets going off yeah. and this metal that you're Shooting hiding guns is next to each other's ears. Yeah, you, you are completely but What? It's a ridiculous <laughs> sequence. The Marines follow them. Mason sets one on fire. One throws a grenade into the mine car that Goodspeed is hiding in and that he throws it back, which causes a giant explosion. And it culminates in Goodspeed killing a Marine to save Mason's life, which Mason says, thank you for not hesitating much longer. <laughs> And uh, Goodspeed's kind of freaked out because he just like, I just killed, killed the guy. A dude. Mm -hmm. Which he kills more than one dude in this sequence, but that one he shot. He like yeah, purposely killed, killed that one. Yeah, <laughs> killed him dead. He killed, killed him. Killed, killed him. He like him, like him. Yeah. Did he spend point, money, 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 money. He get a kiss, kiss. Now he's pissed, pissed. Dog. Your dog would like to come in. Wagging <laughs> his tail. I hope it's your dog. It's a very insistent Maybe. killer. <laughs> they probably would have said something or turned the knob. <laughs> At this point, we have eight hours to our deadline. It was my dog. They ask about the thermite plasma. How's that plan coming along? It's not. still, it's still, <laughs> still working on it. No assurances. Still a fairy tale. So right now, their plan is to string Hummel along as long as they can and pray for thermite plasma. Um, Hummel at this point grabs one of the hostages because he needs to flush out these remaining Navy SEALs. Mm -hmm. um, he goes He goes into the exercise yard with his hostage mm -hmm. and he announces over the loudspeakers that he's going to kill this guy if they don't bring him his guidance chips and turn themselves in. And they have the guy like tell him his name yeah. and all yeah. this information about himself. Brand new hostage. Uh, Mason grabs the guidance chips from uh, Goodspeed and smashes them, because which they should have done instantly, mm -hmm. to stop Goodspeed from trying to save this guy's life. And he says, there's three more rockets. You go find them, and I will delay Hummel. And Goodspeed's like, what about the what about the uh, hostage? And he flashes him, what, a thumbs, thumbs up? up? He's like, look, dude, fuck that dude. You know, it's like we're trying to save so, so many people that he doesn't matter. Goodspeed, uh, Goodspeed goes off to find the third rocket. Mason goes into the yard, and he confronts Hummel. While Mason, uh, Stanley finds the third rock, the thirteenth rocket, and while Mason and Hummel have a chat, the Marines attack Goodspeed. Uh, Mason gets captured first, and then Goodspeed is captured after that. Twenty-two minutes to the deadline. There are two rockets left. And um, Goodspeed and Mason are locked into Alcatraz cells in a different area than the rest of the hostages. Uh, Goodspeed is upset because the gentleman who captured him told him, I'll take pleasure in gutting you, boy. <laughs> and Goodspeed does not you, understand boy. how someone can talk to someone like that. <laughs> take pleasure in gutting you, boy. And as Goodspeed proceeds to complain, Mason proceeds to escape. Uh, at, 
uh, Goodspeed even asks, how in the name of Zeus's butthole <laughs> did you get out of your cell? He's like, I, I understand you did this and this and this and this to get out of the prison, but how'd you get out of your cell in the first place? And as he's asking this, Mason gets out of his cell by making a rope. Using a padlock as a counterweight and, and slinging it and he hooks it onto the release things and apparently can pull it and open yeah. things. This is a very old prison, so yeah. they have levers that open it. And he opens Goodspeed's cell door and says, trade secrets, my son. <laughs> At this point, the captains have started to question Hummel because we're very close to the deadline. It seems obvious at this point that Washington is not going to pay up. Yeah. I'm like, we've seen in other movies that it doesn't take very long to transfer some money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some, like, I had to pay $800 to get my car out of the shop today. Transfer into... <laughs> what is it, $18 million? It's $100, it's $100, million. $100 million. I mean, From a slush fund. To the government, that's nothing. I know. You How think, long did it take us to get our I'm like, if they were going to do it, they would have done it. Yeah. Ten minutes after, <laughs> within the first well, couple hours. Here's the thing, and they're like, "We have two ro- we have two rockets left. They're ready to launch. Should we go ready? You know, should we be preparing to fire one of these rockets? Because the deadline is getting close, and if they don't pay, then we have to fire one of these rockets, and show then them. they'll pay yeah. to show them that we're serious." Mm-hmm. Hummel doesn't want to kill. He doesn't want to kill anybody, especially with that. No, shit. he wanted them to. <laughs> Give them the money so he could give it to the families of yeah. the fallen, and and then pay, and but and the guys that are getting antsy are the two are the candy man and fry, and they have never worked with um, Hummel. Hummel before. They're not his men, yeah. so they don't know him as well. They're not as so they're questioning him. They don't know him as well, and they're causing you know bad feelings. And even Baxter, his trusted guy, is like. Look, they're not going to call. Um, and we flash to Mason and Goodspeed, and Mason's trying to leave again. And he tells Goodspeed, don't worry, Hummel won't do it. I looked in his eyes. He doesn't want to kill somebody. And Goodspeed is like, that is no way to be able that is no kind of assurance to me. Sam, millions of people could die. He's And he finally is like, fine, I'll do it all my fucking self. But Baxter tries to talk to Hummel, and Hummel says, they have three minutes. Um, but Baxter's like, they're not going to call. You're going to need to fire a rocket. We got to, it's, it's time to really make some hard decisions. What are we going to do here? And then Washington does call and they say, we want another hour. We're going to need another hour. It's taken us a long time to get to this money. And he's like, like, no, it it doesn't. (laughs) It's like, no, you know, you got three minutes. It hangs up. (laughs) And the captains urge Hummel to launch. So Goodspeed goes off to get to the next rocket himself and gets fucking caught. Like a douchebag. So now he's got his hands up. And he's trying to... He's talking to the guy that caught him. That catches him. And he's trying to convince him that he needs to help him. Instead of take him capture. Because he was a soldier. And his job is to protect all these people. And Goodspeed works for the FBI. And can disarm all these rockets. And he needs to help him. And then Goodspeed doesn't see it. But Mason comes up behind this guy. And breaks his neck. And saves it. And uh, Goodspeed is like, I'm glad you're back. And he's like, well, I couldn't trust you to get the job done. And I didn't want your son going up, or son or daughter going up without a father. Yeah. Because he's visited. Well, Hummel preps for launch. And they're like, yes, we're going we're gonna to show them we're serious. We're going to get this fucking money. And uh, so 
So he fires a rocket, and the coordinates have it headed straight to a football game, mm. to Oakland, to a Raiders game. And the FBI, no from their mobile command, is tracking it, and they're like, oh, shit. They don't try to shoot it down or anything. I guess they can't if it's yeah, that close, really maybe. Can't. I don't know. Um, also, that's just going to make it explode yeah. in a different spot and kill... Different people. Yeah. I guess, yeah, you're right. They can't. <laughs> but Hummel chickens out and changes the tra- trajectory at the last minute, and the rocket splashes down into the bay. And then the guys are, like, freaking out. Like, hey, what happened? What the fuck? Why did it malfunction? And Baxter's like, I'm going to need you all to leave the room. And they're like, say what now? And he's like, get the fuck out. <laughs> um, Goodspeed and Mason um, now go for the last rocket. Because, let's see. I guess I'm... I think there's still two. I thought there were still two. At this point. The rocket man one. And yes. The, yeah. So they go for the last two rockets. Sorry, mm-hmm. I just... Um, so we see them going for the rockets. And they're... They hear voices, and they stop, and it's, um, Baxter wants to know what's going on. He's like... I'm gonna gut you, boy. No. (laughs) Take pleasure in gutting you, boy. He has an argument with Hummel about what they're doing. He's like, look, we only have one rocket left. We need... Oh, because they go for the last rocket, because they fired a rocket. So now there's only one rocket left. Okay. That's why I wrote they go for the last rocket. Um... You hear that song, Rocket Man? That's you? Yes. Oh, no, we're not there yet. Maybe you shouldn't have left the room. I had left the dogs out. They were scratching and had to pee. Mm-hmm. And then they came in here. And you didn't yeah. come back. It was a whole hoopla. <laughs> because you made a cup of coffee instead. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but Hummel's like, look, either you're my man or you're not my man. So shut up. This is the, you know, we're doing what I say. Said, I'm um, then we flash to the president. Who has a short monologue about this being the hardest decision of his life, weighing 81 civilians against a million Millions? civilians, <laughs> which I'm sorry, even Spock can figure out that math. Uh, the pr- and the he orders the, the, the airstrike. Because I'm sorry, the American people will not think that the lives of 81 civilians on Alcatraz is more important than the city of San Francisco. Really? I can no. tell you that right now. That's not true. They'll do what people nowadays would be all There's about no it. Be like, you should have saved those 81 people. They, they would bitch about it. But the government, they, I imagine they would just blow the island up and say that he did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Because no matter what happens, someone will bitch about it. This is where we're at in the Some world. Some terrorists took over Alcatraz and blew it up, and 81 people so, died. It's tragic. The captains are back in the room. And you never let a good And they're questioning get away. Hummel hardcore. And they're like, look, what are we going to do? We need to we need to fire that last rocket so that we can get paid. And Hummel's like, look, we had a contingency for this. We're going to load up the last rocket. We're going to take four hostages, and we're going to get out of here. We're going to go. And they're like, but what about Candy, the money? Yeah, and Candyman's like, that's all great, but where's my fucking money? That's and what we're doing. And Hummel says, there is no money. And he's, he's, he's like, soldier, there is no money. And the guy says, I'm not a soldier. The day we took hostages, we became mercenaries. Mercenaries get paid. I want my money. And he's not wrong. They're all traitors no matter what they do. They took a big risk. And the risk came with a big paycheck. And now they're not getting that paycheck. I would be pissed too. But Hummel tells them it was a bluff. Goodspeed and Mason can see this argument. 
They're hiding in a room that has a very convenient wall yeah. slot. <laughs> Don't know what that's about. And um, But they watch as the captain's mutiny. Mm-hmm. And they pull a gun on... Um, Sorry. I they pull a gun on Hummel. And then Hummel pulls a gun on one of them. And then they... So the captains ask Baxter if he's with them or against them. And Baxter pulls out his gun and points it at the back of Hummel's head. And he sa- and he says something, and I didn't write the line it's like, down. it's been an honor to serve with you yeah. or whatever. But and he, and well, we did this for money and we got to yep. get paid or whatever, something like that. And then, but he doesn't shoot Hummel. He shoots the candy man in the arm. And then Hummel shoots the guy. You gotta do that. You gotta do a better shot. <laughs> <laughs> and then a firefight comes on. Baxter bites it. And Hummel gets shot. And Fry and Candyman escape. And it's, I can't remember his name. Doesn't matter. Keep Tony going with what you got. He's the Candyman. Yeah. Um, uh, Goodspeed and Mason grab Hummel and pull him into the next room. And Goodspeed's like, where is the last rocket? And he tells them that it's in the lower lighthouse. And Mason says, go get the rocket. I'll hold him off. Because he's now in a firefight with the Candyman and Fry. Um, So Goodspeed goes for the rocket and the Candyman follows. And the Candyman and him have a fight. And Goodspeed fires. Goodspeed has removed the gas and the guidance chip from the rocket. And he... um, Candyman stands basically in front of the rocket. Yeah. And he says, "Look, man, I, I, we'll make it even. I'll put the gun down." And then he pulls a knife, and he wants to fight him with a knife. And Goodspeed's like, "No." Goodspeed has um, a song, "Rocket Man" by Elton John. And he Look, kills him. That saw shit. He fires the rocket with. He has. He's like holding the canister. He has his arm. He ha, has the canister of gas in his hands. Yeah. But the rocket is still a rocket, and he uses the rocket. The Candyman gets right in front of the rocket and he pushes a button and it launches the rocket and launches the Candyman with the rocket into the bay. Yeah. Again, the FBI is like, oh my God, there's another rocket away, but it's it splashed into the bay. Right down. Yeah. <laughs> so then he um, goes up to the top of the lighthouse and he's taking the, pearl, the string of pearls, gas pearls, pearls out so that he can take the guidance chip up because there's still a bunch of other fucking rockets and if they can get this one yeah. guidance chip, they can... Send it wherever they want. It's all or nothing. But the and chips. while he's doing that, one of the pearls falls off. And starts to roll and away. And starts to roll, and he has to go catch it. And when he goes to catch it, there's a sniper on a roof, and that starts shooting at him. But Mason comes up behind the guy firing and demonstrates him off the roof. And then the la- and then Fry goes after Goodspeed. Fry is now in the bottom of the lighthouse, and he's shooting up. Uh, Goodspeed hides the, um, he doesn't have time to put the gas back in the canister, so he hides it in a grate, mm-hmm. and he's got the guidance chip in his mouth, and he puts the lone gas pearl in his fucking pocket. Which is the worst <laughs> fucking place yeah. to put it. Because yeah. then he jumps off. I'd have thrown that motherfucker the, in the bay. Yeah. Well, wound up like. <laughs> he, but he jumps and, off and the be- lighthouse onto the neighboring building, and he certainly would have crushed it. Like, there's no way he didn't crush it. But yeah, anyways. That's a wild thing, that thing in the fucking uh-huh. <laughs> So, we flash to the... Uh, here goes Rick, the wild thing, yeah. Vaughn. The F-18s, the thermite plasma airstrike is on the way. Just a bit outside. Um, <laughs> so, Fry movie. has been following Goodspeed, and Goodspeed's trying to hide. the best case when we were seeing. I love it. And um, 
Goodspeed's gotten to a good hiding place and he hears Fry coming up and he throws the guidance chip off to the side to distract Fry. Fry goes for the guidance chip and then Goodspeed attacks him. They have a hand-to-hand -hand fight which ends when Fry is trying to choke the ever-living shit out of Goodspeed and Goodspeed takes the gas pearl and stuffs it into his mouth. And then breaks it, makes him bite. Mm. Which is, that stuff's gotta taste like shit. So Fry is now gone the way of the dodo. Taste it. Probably and not. And Goodspeed stabs himself in the heart with the adrenaline. He like runs away as fast as he can, but he was exposed to the yeah. gas. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you, we see him twitching, but then he kinda like, he's alive, he's, he's okay. And he grabs the green flares that he's supposed to light when everything's neutralized, and he goes outside. Just be carrying those around the whole time? Yes. Like they gave him his, like, the, the flares? Yeah. Yes. Or does everybody get flares? I think everybody yeah, had everybody. flares. Everybody except for Mason, who only got three washers, the waterproof matches, and the little bottle of oil, which he used to light that dude That's on fire right. during the mine car scene. Um, he makes it outside just as the airstrike gets to the island. The FBI spotters say, oh my God, green flares, green flares. And they uh, tell the strike team, unfortunately. Abort, abort. He's like, I've already dropped. Unfortunately, one of the bombardiers had already dropped. But it was just one Can't say that on thermite airplane. plasma bomb. And it hit the back end of the island well away from the hostages. However, that is right where Mason and Goodspeed were. And they are blown out into the bay. But thank he was God. But this is the sense of my notes. Thank God for plot armor again. Yeah. They live. And Mason. No, they're dead. Yeah. Is good the, the rest of this is all in their mind <laughs> on their way to heaven because they're dead. They're so dead. No, but they're alive. No, they're not. So Goodspeed contacts Goodspeed. Paxton and Walmack. And he tells them that all the hostages are alive. And they ask about Mason. And he, they, he tells them that he's dead. Vaporized, sir. He's like, just come get me. Uh, and uh, then he tells Mason that Walmack tore up his pardon. And Mason's like, of course he did. Yeah. And then he Shut says, up. but the scuba equipment is still where we left it. And if you can get back to my hotel, there's a change of clothes and $200 in the Bible. It's room 26. <laughs> and so then Mason tells him that if he ever fancies a, a trip, he should go to this church in Texas. Kansas. Oh, Kansas. Kansas. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't write it down. I don't know why my brain said Kansas. He's so, like, why would I want to go there? He goes, no, no. Paxton and Walmack arrive on the island. Because he says he's going to Maui. Paxton asks what happened to uh, Mason. To Mason, and he tells Paxton that I got to see that body. I don't know. No. I want to see him dead. This Walmack's is, the one that wants to see the body. This is Paxton. This is Paxton. <laughs> this is William Forsythe. And he says, what happened to Mason? And he says he was vaporized. And he says vaporized, and he goes, yeah, he was vaporized. Paxton knows he's lying, yeah. but he just saved the world. And Paxton <laughs> saved the world. He saved San Francisco. Saved San Francisco. Yeah. And Paxton has no attachment to Mason the way Walmack did. He thinks that this guy deserves his freedom. So then Walmack's like, "Where's Mason's body? I got to see the body." And Paxton goes, "Oh, he was vaporized." And then Good and then Walmack's like, "That could happen." And Goodspeed's like, "Oh yeah," <laughs> which red I, mist is a thing. It, you can be vaporized. But I know. It's hard to do. But, you know. I mean, this is the hottest shit I mean, that we have. at least one of those balls is gone. There's no body for that dude, well, probably. Well, they dropped drop thermal plasma. It's the hottest thing we have. I mean, it's hotter than napalm by a lot. There's the sun, and there's this stuff. <laughs> but uh, he's, 
he's sad because there's no body because he wants to make sure Mason's dead, but he takes them on their word. Then we flash to a little church and we see Goodspeed and Carla on their honeymoon. And Goodspeed is stole the leg off a pew. And he's yelling, I'm sorry. And the is priest is following the saying vandals, vandals. vandals. And he gets in the car, Carla drives off, and he pulls out the microfilm and he asks her if she really wants to know who killed Kennedy. Says JFK. The end. You know, it's supposed to be a sequel to this. Uh-huh. Where Carla and um, Goodspeed have the film, and the, the government knows that, so they're trying to hunt him down. And the only thing they could do is turn to Mason for help. I I would watch the shit. I would, I would, I would say, watch the shit out of that movie. Shit out of that. I would say I don't know if that's necessarily supposed to be a sequel, but or a sequel. It was in idea. the trivia. Yes, but I think you're. And I read that and was like, motherfucker, I want to watch that. I don't think it's like there. I think it's more like there was a sequel idea floating around. Like, think of that came out like 98, 99. That'd been perfect. Hell yeah. I'd watch the fuck out. I'd have been super excited. How would they have found out that they had it? That doesn't matter. I was just saying it was a secret. They never did anything know. with it. Well, what do you do with it? Well, maybe what you do with it. Walmack, FBI Director Walmack, is having good speed monitored because he spent all that time with Mason. And maybe he suspects that Mason isn't dead, but that good speed let him go. So he's having him secretly tracked. I like where you're going with this, and I really wish we could make this movie, but Nicolas Cage is crazy, and, well, Sean Connery's dead. Nicolas Cage might make this movie now. Nicolas Cage can make this movie. <laughs> but then he can't turn to Mason. He turns to his daughter. <laughs> who's who, been training. Who met her dad a couple of times. Who knew who her dad was like, and had and been training style. her entire life <laughs> to follow in his footsteps. Jade Angelou. Stanley Goodspeed. Maybe. Hilarity ensues. And and they, they know that the government's coming for them, so they need a place to hide that's fortified. I like where you So they have this. to go back to the rock. And you call it the Back rock. to the Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Quentin Tarantino needs to write this. He could direct the <laughs> well, shit out of this movie. Well, he do an uncredited screen. Uh, I know, that's screen. why I brought it up. <coughs> Anyways. John, it's your birthday. Would you like to start so no one can steal your stuff? What do you think of this movie? Uh, I liked it. (laughs) My favorite character was Mason. Uh My least favorite character was Womack. But you weren't supposed to like him. Um, My favorite scene is when, um, right when uh, Stanley kills a guy, and he's like, so Mason, you killed a lot of guys, yeah. Is that normal? He's like, (laughs) yeah. Can you make it stop? Do you want me to kill him again? Mm -hmm. Um, My favorite... Tertiary object is the floppy disks in the beginning that, that fall over during his mousetrap scene. Uh-huh. Because floppy disks. Mm-hmm. And I like old tech for some reason. I miss floppy disks. Yeah. No, you don't. Five and a quarter inch floppies or the, like the actual Maybe. floppy disks or no, the no, hard floppy disks? The floppies. ones that were like floppy not floppy the, when you played the, the Oregon Trail in middle school? Not the actual floppy disks, no, the, the smaller ones. And my favorite line is, I'll do my best, your best. Losers always whine about giving their best. When is it going to fuck the prom queen? Okay. Because that's a fucking badass line. Okay. And I will yay this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I re- don't remember ever not liking this movie. I saw it when it came out in the theater. Mm-hmm. In the theater. Tom? And it's awesome. Okay. I'm glad you liked it. Happy birthday. Yes. And how do you feel, Tony, being the only one not to pick a Nicolas Cage movie for my birthday? You really dropped the ball on that. I picked 
Predator. I don't think Predator was a bad choice. That's a fair point. <laughs> that was also good. I wasn't, and if I hadn't been able to pick Predator, I would have picked Point Break, which would have been a good pick. So. All right, Tony, what do you think about The Rock? Also a good pick. Let oh, let's see. My favorite character. It's tough, man. I can't pick between Goodspeed and Mason. Okay. If you make me pick. I'm making you pick. It's Mason. Okay. Okay. My least favorite character, it's a tie between Womack and the U.S. government. <laughs> Not me. The U.S. government. My least favorite character of my life right now, I tell you right. My favorite scene is everything. Uh-huh. Actually, it's the whole thing. The whole but, thing. <laughs> wow. Maybe we could skip the montage if I have to get, cut some out. Maybe you need to cut something. My favorite line is, it's very horrible, sir. It's the kind of thing we wish we could disinvent. Or, patriotism is a virtue of the vicious. You do know that it's, it's one thing for each category, not two per category. You can't. <laughs> I mean, so far you've had two for everything. Uh, my favorite tertiary object is the sharpest quarter in the world. Or? Uh-huh. Or the microfilm. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be on my toes because you guys steal shit. I didn't know. Actually, I almost always Meanwhile, get back into things. I know. Meanwhile, I'm probably I don't. I whine about stuff. it. You're not taking it. any of my okay. stuff. <laughs> that's all I have. Did you have a favorite line? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah no, those. wait. Yeah, two. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Sorry, I was distracted. And, by of course, giggles. I will gay this movie. Okay. Because it did. Because what was your favorite scene? The entire thing. Yeah. You kind of gave it away with that. The only thing I don't... I don't hate, but the only thing I don't love in this movie is the soundtrack. Because next time you watch it, I'm like, is there one person that does all of Jerry Bruckheimer movies? Because every song in this either sounds like The Pirates of the Caribbean or Armageddon. Like when they're running through the halls, like that's fucking Pirates of the Caribbean. Like I wish I could play them well, side by side. Actually, Pirates of the Caribbean is the rock. Well, sorry, yeah. Because <laughs> this came out. We were yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't have a very good soundtrack. I agree. Well, they just they all sound the same. And you, you know, that's the soundtrack. That's the score. Score. That's what. That's what I was thinking. I'm trying to think of score. Well, it doesn't have a very good soundtrack, or and the score is very generic. And highest of yays. Highest. I will watch it right now. Carl. I got some. Time. All right. That's my highest. My of favorite character, also Mason. My least favorite character, I went with Womack. My favorite scene was at the end when um, Goodspeed fights the dude for the last chip, and he has to put, um, shoot himself in the heart and flare, do the flare thing. Mm-hmm. He My <laughs> favorite tertiary object was the streetcar operator. I like that dude. I'm gonna find your ass. That was my second favorite line. Was a streetcar guy like, "There's no way you can hide. I'm gonna find your ass." And my favorite line was um, when they're talking about how she's pregnant, and she's like, "Did you really mean what you said just now?" And he's like, "When?" And she's like, "About it being cruel to bring kids in the world." And he's like, "I meant it at the time." And she's like, "At the time, it was seven and a half seconds ago." And he says, "Well, kind of a lot's happened since." Then. That is a fucking beast of a line. <laughs> and I'll give it a yay. You know how they find Nicolas Cage? His son has a podcast or a blog. About conspiracy theories? And he starts putting all he the shit on the shit that he out finds. Wait a minute, this shit's real. But yeah. Womack is not he's the director like, of FBI. He's like, whoa, whoa, this is real. He's right. Well, he's not the director of FBI anymore. No, no it's Paxton. Someone else. It's ooh, Paxton. But he's like, this is real. How does this fucking kid know? Holy shit, this is Goodspeed's this, this, son. This Holy is Bob shit. Goodspeed. Yes. I think we should write this. <laughs> 
after we get on our uh, mannequin. Well, we have to do the mannequin show first. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, clearly. That, and we have to watch Rainbow well, because well, she's a single mom. Once our mannequin quantum leap style show takes off, then we can do whatever pet project we want. We can use that as leverage for. <laughs> All right, back so to the or rock. the Rock too. Back to the Rock. Me. And you know who's not going to be in our Rock movie? The Rock, because fuck that guy. He's in everything. It's true. Uh, well, there won't be a jungle, so he won't show up. Uh, my favorite character is Goodspeed, actually. I love him. I don't hate that pick. My least favorite character is Captain Fry. I hate that dude. He more than Walmack? More than Walmack. Okay. Um, my favorite scene is everything that happens once the Navy SEALs are on the helicopters to the end credits. <laughs> so everything, once they get to the rock. I love every part of that. Um, my favorite line is when Mason is escaping the hotel and is in the elevator with the hairdresser. And the hairdresser says, I don't want to know nothing. I never saw you throw that gentleman off the balcony. All I care about is, are you happy with your haircut? <laughs> I'm sorry, I love that. It makes me laugh every time. It's my favorite line. And my favorite tertiary object is the parking meters. The ones that, that explode? The, the ones that explode in corners. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just, it's, I, it's a very good visual effect. Mm -hmm. And I really like it. And they don't do that anymore. No, because you can't even put change in them. Right, because now it's just like... Everything's... You know, put your credit time. card in. Yep. It's a fun thing from a previous time. Um, I'm going to yay this hits. movie. It's very, very good. It's Hopefully a fun action it. movie. And um, you should go and watch it right now. Just have yourself a little Nicolas Cage... Trifecta. Uh, Trifecta of fun. Quintuple. Quintuple. Sex it's. Just watch Nicolas Cage movies all day. You'll feel good about yourself. <laughs> trying to find a 24-year-old actor to play his son in it, but I don't know who any of these people are. Because <laughs> they're all from shows I wouldn't watch. You're a little out of touch. Yeah, a little out of touch. <laughs> I don't watch the new that Gossip Girl or whatever. That one kid that I saw there was a Hemsworth. Yeah, the Young Hemsworth. The Young Hemsworth. Yeah, Young Hemsworth would work. All right, well. This guys look like a mix of Cage and what's-her-name. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> Please find us on Facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast on Twitter at Unmovie Podcast on Instagram at Unmovie Podcast Talk. You can email unmoviepodcast at gmail.com and tune in next week. On the podcast. Oh, sorry. Nice. For, on the podcast. For John's pick. For John's pick. <laughs> I didn't want to cut her song off. This is not from this movie. This is from Scotty's the Second. I just could not, I didn't want to do that stupid San Francisco flowers in her hair song. And I was like, you know what? It's a Nick Cage movie. You know what song I'm going to fucking do? Low Rider. You want to know why? Low Rider, Donnie. I would have gone with that Ghost Rider soundtrack, but that's, you know. All right, well, I've given this some thought. And after about a year, it's been a year since I promised this, I'm going to finally do Dragnet because it's been a year. So you're welcome. For my birthday, I'm giving you Dragnet. Never seen it, so I never cared. <laughs> well, it's the city of crime. Well, That's we waited to see if something horrible was going to come out about Tom Hanks because horrible stuff was coming out about everything, but it didn't. Well, yeah, because there was that whole pedophile thing, and the, or he moved, and he moved, and he moved to, to Greece. Greece that had no pedophilia laws. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, wait, there what? was some very. I was like, no, not Tom Hanks. You leave Tom Hanks alone. He's a goddamn national treasure. He was there about was, to get a piece in the microfiche. Yeah. <laughs> there was some very conspiracy theory esque timing about that. Yeah, but, but it ended up being. Well, nothing, nothing ever came of it, so but we don't actually know because there was a lot of really big names that were implicated that it was enough to it would just go away. 
Like, th there's a mason in a hole right now because he knows too much. <laughs> yeah, they, Probably they, a few they just were killing people. <laughs> I'm just enjoying this song. <laughs> <laughs> 